Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. And it turns out that the more you see her, the more her numbers go down. That's the definition of a weak candidate. Everyone was just running down the stairs, freaking out. Everyone was screaming and it was awful. I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. And I think one of the merits is I am a woman. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. I mean, he just described Holy Communion as a little cracker. At least he didn't say that about McCain. Good morning, it's 904 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler overman, known enemy of the jihad, so excited. To come in and do the show today, really was pumped up about it because so many people said so many goofy, foolish things. So many politicians, including Mrs. Bill Clinton, who really is on a roll. We are watching her self-destruct. I'm not saying it's all over. There's still 15 months until the election and she can go through a death and rebirth, you know, politically between now and then. But oh, it's just so fantastic Uh, listening to this little elderly white grandmother say, I'm scared of black people. When I see a black man in a hoodie, it makes me feel nervous. Uh, And then saying, don't vote for me because I'm a woman. Vote for me on the merits. And my merits are I'm a woman. I mean, it's just, it's magnificent conversation. Great comedy. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to talking about the uh, uh, latest uh, dopiness, with the, you know, Trump versus not Trump guys and uh, the the silliness that's going on there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, then and then, of course, calling out the people down in the uh, politicians down in Seminole County, Georgia. Think about this. Right now, there are school kids sitting in a public school classroom. Right now. July 24th, and I've got their whole school schedule. And so we had all this fun, great stuff. Oh, Hillary got. Oh, another thing about Hillary. She, uh, the, uh, even the Obama Justice Department is now being forced to say, you know, maybe some law break in here. So all this great stuff. And then just stuff about life in general and the joys of summer in Georgia. And then the horrific story out of Lafayette, Lafayette Louisiana, that some 59-year-old dirtbag, John Russell Hauser, shot up a movie theater um, to killed nine injured there are not three victims because the third dead guy is the dirtbag shooter so sorry he doesn't count he does he's in his own you know 
Two victims dead, nine victims injured, and one dirtbag shooter dead. Uh, because when he started to leave the theater, tried to escape and get away, the cops were out there. And so he went back inside and killed himself. So dirtbag, shooter, and coward all together here for this 59-year-old guy, 59-year-old white guy, if you care, 59-year-old guy, drifter. He had uh, wigs and others disguise-like stuff back in his hotel room. I mean, just it was just kind of, you know... This edge of society kind of guy. Uh, and so he has brought this horror before us. There are only two shooting victims. That's one fact error I'm trying to correct in the media. The other one is this is not a tragedy. I hate it when people say stuff like this is a tragedy. It is not a tragedy. A tragedy would be if the theater caught fire and two people died and nine were injured because of an electrical short circuit or, you know, something happened. A tragedy would be if these people were going home from the movie and lost control of their car. There was an accident. Someone made a mistake. And then two people were dead. No, no, this is not a tragedy. This is a horrific crime committed by a dirtbag murderer. This is an act of evil and choice of evil made by a human being. The media love the phrase tragedy because it kind of nebulously spreads the blame out there. And so then, then they can go after somebody. They, now they can say, huh, so what caused this tragedy? I, well, no, there was no tragedy. Well, you mean who committed this horrific act? No, 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 Michael. Your thinking, your way of thinking, you think in the terms of individual people making choices to be evil. Yes, I do. You're absolutely right. No, 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 no. What have we as a society done to cause, no, nothing, nothing, no, no, there's a guy, he chose me a murderer, he murdered people, he's dead, that's what happened. If it's a tragedy that was caused, then you get to go look at the cause. And what is the cause? Second Amendment, that's the cause. We've already, we're, CNN is already running down this road. If America didn't let people own guns, this wouldn't happen. Well, you know, actually, you're, you're right, if we didn't. If you get rid of the Second Amendment, this would be not happen, and other stuff would happen. Women who are walking home from work would get raped by guys because guys are bigger than women, and the woman wouldn't be able to defend herself. Uh, you know, business owners would be robbed because big thugs would come in with knives and sticks, and the small little you know, you know, shopkeeper wouldn't be able to defend himself. You have, uh, something else would happen. You're absolutely right, but that's the conversation you have when it's a tragedy that was caused, as opposed to a criminal act that was committed. So, the word tragedy, banned from the show. Two deaths, not three, because the killer doesn't count. When we do the numbers for 9-11, I don't include the 19 suicide murderers who are in the airplanes. That's me, Michael Graham, at 844-404-1067. But what also makes this a crappy topic for conversation is there's nowhere to go with this. With the issue of, for example, in Chattanooga, there are all sorts of issues to talk about, including the current state of Islam, which feeds directly into, I know, I know, the FBI doesn't know what caused Ahmed bin Ahmed to do this. The FBI hasn't figured this out because they, apparently the FBI is not as smart as my 12-year-old daughter who figured it out right away. But that, because that murder was committed 
with in the context of other things, you know, there's an ideology that drives and then there's American foreign policy. And does that inspire violence? And yeah, see what I'm saying? There's all sorts of elements to that. This has none of that. There's no element here I can find. The only question, the only thing that people want to do when they see a terrible story like what happened in Louisiana is how do you prevent it? How do you stop it? Having happened, having had what happened in Newtown, having had what happened in uh, Aurora, Colorado, where the insane guy may or may not face the death penalty, but is an insane guy either way. Um, what do you do to stop it? And this is where I get confused. So the first thing I want to do is ask you to help me at 844-404-1067. What can we do to stop terrible, horrific uh, crimes like this. President Obama said in an interview, and we're going to play the audio for you uh, later, that, uh, well, actually, actually, we got time right here. Uh, he wants to prevent, after Newtown and after Aurora, he wanted to stop this from happening again. If you ask me where has been the, the, the one area where I feel that uh, I've been most frustrated and most stymied, uh, it is the fact that uh, the United States of America is the one advanced nation on earth in which we do not have sufficient common sense gun safety laws, uh, even in the face of repeated mass killings. And so the mass killings he's talking about, Aurora and Newtown. Uh, okay, Mr. President, I'm open to your argument. America doesn't have the common sense gun safety laws that would prevent Aurora, Newtown, Louisiana. 844-404-1067. You tell me what that common sense gun safety law is that would prevent these. Because the stuff the president has proposed, like, you know, uh, closing the gun show loophole, you know, limiting the size of the uh, of the magazines you can put into a, a gun. That none of that was involved here in Newtown or Aurora or Louisiana. It wouldn't prevent anything. So how would your proposal prevent it? And I'm sincere about this. I'm not trying to you know, be snarky. I absolutely want to do something to try to keep people safe, to stop this from happening again. But you have to tell me what you would do that would actually do it. Now, there's a flip side of this conversation, too, that the Second Amendment supporters like myself need to get involved in. Because, in my opinion, the answer, you just have to live with it or die with it, more and more Americans are rejecting that answer. If your answer is that nothing should be done, that everything's fine the way it is, I would love to hear how you explain that to the families of the victims of this shooting and, and these other shootings, the hundreds of people who are the victims of loonies gunning you know, people down uh, here in the United States every year. 844-404-1067. Your phone call's coming up. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Right now, investigators are combing the scene of a deadly movie theater shooting in southwestern Louisiana. The real-life horror began just 20 minutes into the 7 p.m. showing of the comedy Trainwreck at this Lafayette, Louisiana movie theater. 
A 58-year-old man seated in the theater pulls out a semi-automatic weapon and begins firing into the crowd. You heard a gunshot. Three people were killed in the attack, including the shooter. Nine others are hurt. Police know the identity of the 58-year-old gunman. Our shooter is John Russell Hauser. He's a white male, 59 years of age, previously resided in the state of Alabama, kind of a drifter. Everyone was just running down the stairs, freaking out, climbing over chairs and people, and there was, everyone was screaming, and there was, it was awful. His vehicle had a switched license tag on it. It was parked right outside the, an exit door of the theater. It is apparent that he was intent on shooting and then escaping. The quick law enforcement response forced him back, at which time he uh, shot himself. It's 920 at News Radio 1067-844-404-1067. Obviously, that's the uh, lead story and the most important story of the day. And my question is, now what? Uh, As we find out more about the shooter, we'll be happy to talk motive. We We have no idea. I'm guessing insanity because there's no other apparent motive. Uh, Maybe there was somebody in the theater that he was targeting, but based on eyewitness accounts, he was just kind of shooting down from the balcony down into the, uh, into the theater. There doesn't seem to be any connection between the, the uh, 11 victims, the nine injured and two dead thus far. Uh, and, And so it's probably that he was just crazy. But we're Americans. We believe in progress and making the world better. That's what we do. We see a problem. We want a solution. And I'm looking for a solution at 844-404-1067. President Obama says the solution is new gun laws. And I'm open to that. And he makes a powerful emotional argument. You know, if you look at the number of Americans killed since 9-11 by terrorism, it's less than 100. If you look at the number that have been killed by gun violence... It's in the tens of thousands. And for us not to be able to resolve that issue has been uh, something that uh, is distressing, but it is not something that uh, I intend to to stop working on in the remaining 18 months. Okay, Mr. President, so great. So tell me your plan for your law that would stop the uh, mass shootings, mass killings. As we know, we'll get to the details on what that actually means, according to the FBI, in a minute. But I'm, I'm open to that. I really am. As a Second Amendment supporter, I'm open to common sense, reasonable ways to make America a safer place while at the same time having people have their basic right to self-defense. I'm, I'm not I, look, I'm not an NRA guy because the NRA has lost all their credibility because their answer is no laws, nothing, zero. Well, sorry, that's not good enough. And which brings us to the other side. If if your answer is Michael. This is just the America we have to live in. No changes, no laws. Every week you're just going to have to plan on having one show where the news is dominated by a mass killing or a guy. Look, look, the fact is fewer people were killed in Louisiana yesterday than were killed two days ago in that Suwannee shooting where the guy went and killed his own family. Those mass shootings of people three, four, five dead in a single incident that involve family members are far, far, far more uh, common. And so if you want to tell your fellow Americans, sorry, nothing we can do. You just you just have to be dead. You're going to get a phone call that your sister's dead because her ex-husband went nuts and gunned her down and the kids down. And you just have to live like that, Michael. You just have to live that way. 
I th- do you understand why, regardless of your feelings, do you understand why a lot of normal people would go, I don't think I'm comfortable with that. I don't want to have to go to the movie theater and wonder, am I going to make it out alive? I don't want to have to worry that I'm going to be at work and a coworker is going to go off. And I don't want to live like that. So your position, if you're with the NRA, is you just have to live like that. So I'd like to hear how you would explain that to the brother of the woman killed, the mom of the guy killed. 844-404-1067. Aaron, you're on the air. Thanks so much for the call. Go right ahead. Hey, Michael. What's going on? I'm frustrated. That's what's going on because I don't have an answer. Normally, I do have some smart-ass answer up my sleeve. I don't. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, I like you. Well, you know, I don't really have an answer either. I just know that, um, listen, I, I, I am an NRA advocate. Mm-hmm. I, um, I have a concealed weapons permit. Mm-hmm. For me to get my concealed weapons permit, I had to get fingerprinted, federally background checks. I had um, In Alabama, I had to have five letters of recommendation for people wow. for 10 years. Yes, I have five letters of recommendation in addition to that. So I'm an outstanding citizen. I've never been arrested or anything like that. So it really pisses me off, too. You know, I'm on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I'm, I'm totally against President Obama because I think that he is. Um, you need to read this book, Michael, called Behold the Pell Horse. Okay. And it was written by William Cooper in 1991. He was an ex-CIA agent. And he, said, he predicted all of this. And I know you're going to say I'm crazy. <laughs> But you don't need a conspiracy theory. I'll tell you straight up, and I've had liberals uncomfortably you know, pull their collar when I put this. If President Obama had the power tomorrow to confiscate every privately held gun, he would. Absolutely. There's a whole, yeah. wing, there's a whole wing of the left that wants to confiscate all guns. They are real. And to them, I say, that. You, just so you know, let's write it down. The day you, that that happens, at, count on the number of women raped going up by several thousand Count on the number yep. of people killed in robberies going up by several thousand. You just write that down because the bad guys are never going to give up their guns. So now I put the burden on them. I'm flipping back on you, Aaron, because you're a thoughtful guy. You tell yeah. you tell me what do you say to the that family up in Sewanee, all their you know the the, the mom and dad who were who the, the survivors who saw a family wiped out because this guy was able to go down, grab a gun, easy access, and blow his family away. Yeah, but I mean, I am. I mean, I'm so sorry. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I have. I love my family, and exactly. I don't know what. I don't want to say something, but I, I do know this. I'm like you. If you can, if you can smuggle people across the border, you can mm-hmm. smuggle guns. And my brother lives in London, right? Right. You can still check out long guns there, and you can still kill your whole family with long guns. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, the criminals, criminals still have guns over there. The, the bad guys are still going to have their guns. I agree with you, and that's why I'm. And you want to know I'm frustrated. That's what I'm saying. I don't have an answer. I don't. It, when President, when and Team Obama, Team Elizabeth Warren, they are they they will never say this in public because it's be a career ender. But they would confiscate your gun in a heartbeat, a heartbeat. And when they show up to do that, I'll be right there with the Second Amendment saying, "No, don't do it." But when they turn around and say, "Well, then what do you say to the family of people who are dead?" Because it's so easy for a Looney Tune Nutburger to get a gun too. And the NRA says, and yes, it is. I'm sorry. Look, you can crowd all you want. When you can walk down to Kmart and buy a gun, it's pretty easy. And so is, is there something that Second Amendment supporters can advocate 
that would prevent some of this? Can we make any improvements at all? Or do, should we just give up and just say, no, Michael, it's going to be the Wild West, and all we can do is have more people with other guns and hope there are enough good guys with guns to shoot out the bad guys with guns so that the people who die will be the innocent bystanders in between these shootouts. I don't, I don't see that as progress. You see what I'm saying? Maybe this is the best. You know, some problems aren't fixable. Maybe this is the best we can do in a free society. But I, I hate to think that this is the best. I, you're smart. You're listening. You probably thought of this a gazillion hours. You tell me your answers. Can't wait to hear them. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 935. I am Michael Graham. Just a heads up for everybody. Matt Doors assured me that if I say anything anti-pro Second Amendment, he's going to come in here and shoot me. So I'm being very, very careful. He's an excellent shot. And uh, we've even had some of the venison that he's uh, brought in. And if you're looking up to this, I've already gotten several emails, tweets, etc. Michael, you're crazy. It's one thing for you to mock Donald Trump, but how dare you challenge the NRA? Don't you know that you can't be a success in talk radio and do that? Well, I don't do talk radio. That's not my, I don't do talk radio. I understand I'm supposed to, you know, pick up the rush, you know, Herman Cain talking points. And we are all in the thing. And this is, in the, I don't do, I'm just telling you what I think. I'm honestly telling you what I think. And I'm honestly telling you, I could be wrong. Um, so, I mean, if, if you, once again, if you want, uh, you know, pablum fed to, uh, obedient political children, WSB is waiting for you and they will happily do it for you all day, every day. At the same time, I hope it's coming across. I'm not just a casual second amendment supporter. I'm a true diehard second amendment supporter because unlike everybody at CNN and a frightening number of, of gun owners, I know why we have the second amendment. We do not have the second amendment because of hunting or because of women need uh, lady Smith and Wessons to defend themselves. We have the Second Amendment because the first thing that the founders realized is if the state has all the weapons, all the power, it, they will become a tyranny. That's what happens. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. If the state, if the government have all the guns, eventually they will use that monopoly of power to force their way into our lives. You look at how bad it is already without that. Look how, how much how big the government's gotten and how they treat us already. We have the Second Amendment to balance the power between we, the people who are supposed to be in charge, and the government. That's what the Second Amendment is for. Everything else is a sideline. Everything else about target shooting. And I love the people at the Sandy Springs gun range. I forget the young lady's name. She's been on the show before. She's great. I love, and I love the, gun, the, the people I know who are in the responsible gun ownership culture. They're great people. They're, they're the most responsible gun owners. They're never going to be this guy. They're never going to be. You ever notice that when you see these shootings? It's it's never the activist NRA guy who did the shooting. It's always, you know, loopy loony or, you know, like this guy apparently is uh, the 59 year old white guy, John Russell Hauser, kind of a drifter, kind of a he's a social loser. You know, it's people with drug issues, it's people with booze issues. That's where the violence comes from, not from the Second Amendment advocates. But but my fellow Second Amendment friends. You need, in my opinion, we, in fact, I'll change this. We need to be listening because average dopey American who tends to support gun ownership, who tends to like the idea that you can defend yourself, these stories have an effect on them. They want to know, okay, I kind of support you, but this is scary. This is freaky. I don't want to die in a movie theater. I don't want to die. I don't want my kids to get killed in school. What are you going to do about it? And if, our, if the only answer we have is, sorry, my right to own a gun is just so important that random kids have to die. That's not a satisfying answer. 
That's the kind of answer that loses elections and then causes anti-gun people and extremist gun people to get elected. And so then all of a sudden, you know, right now it's cool. There's enough votes that you can stop the assaults on the Second Amendment. But if you don't have an answer, eventually that tide's going to turn. Eventually people are going to go, I'm not willing to live like this anymore. And the Second Amendment supporters won't help. They won't help. If you're not going to help find a solution, you are the problem. And they're going to vote for some kooky Liz Warren, you know, whatever, whose answer is going to be no one's allowed to own handguns which has already happened in places that they never would have imagined. Australia is basically the world's biggest redneck island, and they confiscated virtually all handguns after a mass shooting because these gun supporters wouldn't work to help solve them. Their only answer was to give them a big finger. F you, I'm not doing anything. And so the majority of Australians turned around and said, oh, really? Well, F you right back. We're going to do something. I don't want to get in that position. We need some ideas, I think. And what makes me so frustrated, and this is on me, I can't think of any. I am stumped on this issue. 844-404-1067. Charlie, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Yes, Michael. A couple things that you uh, said there. Uh, First of all, you know, I I have a gun license. I've had it 40 years. I, I support the right to have a gun. I don't really think at this point in our history... The, the reason we need a gun is because of government. I mean, I have probably 50, 60 friends that are in government mm-hmm. that, you know, in police and in uh, the military and all that. It's never going to be where they're going to be out there as agents of the government. See, when we talk about the government, too often we put this vague face on it. The government is a collage of people. Mm-hmm. And as a collage of people, it's not like a, a herd of buffalo where they're just running one way. Right. I mean, you know, if if it came to the point where the police said, "Okay, uh, everybody, nobody has guns, we're going to enforce a police state in America," that's never going to happen. But back on the other side, this has almost become the new third rail. Nobody wants to talk about it. If you're on one side and you talk about it and you're you know pro this, right. everybody attacks you. If you're on the other side, you say, "Let's talk about it." You left it. Mm-hmm. You said, "Oh, they jump on you." So nobody has a conversation. They just stand their ground because everybody's afraid to have a conversation about what would really do. I don't have the answer. You don't have the answer. But I am sure there are enough smart people in this country that we could come sit down and come up with and work with solutions. You know, for every answer, there's an anti-fact. There's, there's unintended consequences. So we can all right. hash this out with these results. And, but- Charlie, I agree with you completely. I am, I, I, I am confident that in a nation full of smart, thoughtful people, particularly these smart, thoughtful gun owners I know, we can come up with some smart things to do. I'm with you there, Charlie. But, Charlie, I just want to make my point about why we need guns today. My point is the Second Amendment exists for a specific reason, and that is to keep the government from having all the power on their own. That's why we have that constitutional protection, not so that you can carry a sidearm when you go to Starbucks in case someone there tries to commit a crime. Uh, Very quickly, let's go to Lee. Lee, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Go right ahead, sir. I am a law enforcement officer. I'm also a firearms instructor. Uh, I deal with, uh, you know, crimes and criminals every day on a daily basis. Right. the problem is not the gun laws. The problem is the lack of a functional mental health system. Yeah. You, you, you dissect these mass killings is what they are, and when you'll see this in a couple of days, 
it'll come out this guy's been in and out of mental institutions or he's been in and out of jail for petty little misdemeanor crime. Just like the Virginia Tech guy. Right. The, the Newtown guy. Look at that Aurora the, guy that they're, that the they're going right guy. now. I mean, yeah. just look at him. His eyes are pointing right. in different directions. Right. You can tell he's a nut. Listen, you, right. you, you are right, Lee. i got to let you go because we've got to jump in the traffic. But Lee raises a key thing that we can work on, which is mental health. That comes with a price, too, though. And I'll, we'll talk about what it is. We'll get the latest news. Of course, your phone calls as we do something that is rare in the world of talk radio. Look for real live solutions. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 950. I am Michael Graham. There is so much going on in the world. Uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton in big trouble now being investigated over classified emails on her private server. The New York Times wrote the story, then they rewrote the story to accommodate Hillary. That's part of the story. Uh, also, Mrs. Bill Clinton says, vote for me on the merits. And one of the merits is I'm a woman. Okay. And uh, some other stuff as well. But obviously the number one story is uh, yet another shooting in a public place. Two people killed, nine people injured. 59-year-old white guy, kind of a drifter with uh, wigs and other disguised stuff back in his shack in his, uh, I guess, hotel room he lived in. Uh, so we don't still don't know motive, no clue on motive, but Americans are being confronted again with a level of gun violence no other country in the world has. Also a level of freedom that no other country in the world has. Also a level of just violence in our culture. You take a thousand people out of Scandinavia and a thousand people out of America and put them on an island, there's going to be more general ass-kicking with the Americans. And that's us. I'm not, is that good, bad? I don't know. I'm just saying that we, you know, you, you can't set aside the culture that there are uh, communities in America where being violent is considered a reasonable way to solve problems. And I know because I grew up in one of them in Peleon, South Carolina, in Lexington County, that I was frequently considered a problem that needed to be solved via violence. The issue of um, mental health has popped up. We're going to get to that in just a second. But my question is, is there anything that we can do if you are a Second Amendment supporter to lessen incidents like this, to improve the situation? Or is our only answer, sorry, school kids got to die because I got to own a gun? Let's ask Brian. Brian, you're on the air with Michael Grant. Hello, Brian. No, Brian. Okay, let's try Tony. Tony, thank you for calling. Take it away. Um, I can't help but think that there's somebody out there that knew that they were a little off as far mm -hmm. as these shooters go. Um, what if something was established where somebody could totally, totally anonymous, uh, anonymously um, just say, hey, I've got somebody that I'm a little concerned about, and maybe they even know that they own a weapon or something like that, even down to the uh, medical professionals where they wouldn't be breaching confidentiality necessarily, but, you know, just in, in the interest of public safety, because if we start taking guns away from people, the people that really are um, worthy of having them are going to mm -hmm. be losing them, and those that want to do harm are still going to have them, so that's not going to work. Right. So, but here's my question. What happens when Joe Schmo decides that he's mad at Tony because Tony, whatever, you know, took his parking space or took his girlfriend or whatever. So he calls the anonymous hotline and says, that Tony guy, he acts weird. You need to go check him out. I don't think he should be allowed to own a gun. What happens then? He gets checked out, and if everything checks mm -hmm. out fine, then it's obviously a problem with the guy that reported it. Then, then it turns around on that. 
Well, but once again, it's anonymous, so there's no way to to follow that up. My point is, when you start saying we're going to use, we're going to confront the mental health issue, all kinds of doors open up. One is we got to spend more money to house more people in mental facilities, and I actually happen that's one of the few areas where I want more spending because we we need to the the uh, talk. There's a guy whose brother was psychotic and had dealt with psychosis his whole life. And he wrote a fantastic book a few years ago about what it was like with that struggle and how the family wanted him institutionalized and they couldn't get him institutionalized because the laws have gone so far towards the do not institutionalize people. We've got people roaming around who are just mentally ill. They need to be in institution and they need to be watched more closely in halfway houses and in direct interventions, make sure they take their meds uh, for that small percentage of insane people. So are you prepared to spend more money? Because you're going to have to, to keep these crazies locked up and getting the care they need as opposed to going out and buying guns. Okay, I'm with you there. The second thing, though, is if you're going to say nobody with a mental health issue should be legally allowed to buy a gun, how do you define a mental health issue? Is it somebody who went in for therapy? Is it somebody who had to go on, you know, Prozac or Xanax or some, you know, some stress medicine after, say, they came back from Iraq? And for a couple of years, they needed you know, help because they you know, PTSD and they needed to calm down. Well, then, you know, five years later, they're fine. They're mentally fine. They say, you know what? I want to own a gun to protect my home or blah, blah. Oh, sorry, you can't. Three years ago, you, you know, you sought treatment. So is that what you were prepared to do? That may be the best we can do, but that's that's a door you open. And then how do you decide what is the the standard for how much mental health treatment you had to have so that you lose your Second Amendment rights? And then don't forget we are talking about a constitutional right. And so the courts are rightly going to put the bar very, very high. Uh, so that's that's another challenge to saying we'll solve this on the mental health end. It's going to cost money, and it's going to mean that citizens who should be allowed to have a, the their rights are going to lose their rights. Are you okay with that? Let's ask Kip. Kip, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Michael, thanks for taking my call. I love your show, Causing America to Think with Their Brain Rather Than Their Ears. Uh, it's just so serious, and we need to get with it. Listen, I think that the, the mass killings are really a symptom of a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. The big problem that we face in our country is we don't love each other. We couldn't give a crap less. Right. We have, and another thing, we've been long glorifying the bad guys in our movies, starting with Billy the Kid, way back even before that, John Dillinger. We... And, and we have glorified these guys to such a degree, and ignorant, stupid people. I, I believe we have bred ourselves stupid by glorifying stupid people. You know, in America, if you're highly intelligent, man, we, we uh, deem you as a geek and treat mm-hmm. you badly. You know, uh, only the jocks and the people like that are the ones who get the true admiration. Well, let's go back, back to, to your that. point about glorifying violence. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm a freedom lover, and I don't want to control content, but you— you can't deny that our kids spend a lot of time pretending to shoot people for fun. How many people are in prison right now because mm-hmm. I ain't going to let him disrespect me. Right. You ain't going to disrespect me. I killed him and his mm-hmm. brother. That's why I'm in here for 30 years. You You're know? absolutely right. And so you've got uh, uh, cultures. You've got the uh, rural southern culture that I came out of. You've got the urban black culture that other people come out of where violence is considered reasonable. But once again, back to how many kids will spend today on the summer day when it's too hot to go outside entertaining themselves by pretending to shoot people not saying we should ban that i'm just adding that to this very complicated conversation 
Is this the best we can do? And for those of you who say, well, Michael, I'm with President Obama. We need more gun laws. That's fine. Just tell me the gun law you support that would have prevented what happened in Lafayette, Louisiana. You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. And News Radio 1067. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, I hope you have a great weekend planned. I do. Making my first formal foray as an adult to Stone Mountain this weekend. Hoping to see the laser show before it gets canceled because I know they're going to have to get rid of that. I understand that it ends like with the generals riding off into the summer. I mean, but no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very, very pumped. Uh, and we're going to go eat. Uh, someone told me that I got to take my kids to eat at a place called Palookaville. Palooka, Palookaville. Anyone heard of this? A friend of mine's. Yeah, we're taking a bunch of kids there. I'm told that it's a pretty cool place. And then we're going to go from there to Stone Mountain. So any tips on that, uh, help me out. Hey, uh, obviously we're going to continue the conversation about the horror in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, the issues it raises about gun ownership and the Second Amendment. I want to make sure, though, that you have some facts and the facts as we get them. And, and uh, the newsroom's doing a great job on that. The uh, reports you've had that the shooter, 59-year-old John Russell Hauser, has a criminal record. Here's what the uh, New Orleans paper is reporting right now. Hauser had a minor criminal record, apparently had not run into any trouble with law enforcement for 10 to 15 years uh, or more. This is according to a spokesperson for the uh, police out in Lafayette. He said charges Hauser had been arrested on included selling alcohol to a minor, which is about as minor, literally, as you can get. And then arson. We don't know what that I mean. That can be a major crime. It could be a minor low rent insurance crime or something else in between. Uh, so maybe that and that was 10 to 15 years ago. So just adding that information. So you'll have it here at 844 I've actually been to Lafayette, Louisiana. I did stand-up comedy there a couple times back in the day. But also, when I, uh, I I was really lucky when I was in college. I got to cook at the New Orleans School of Cooking. And I ended up participating in something they have every year in Lafayette called the Cajun Culinary Classic. They get the best Cajun chefs from around the area, and they all get together, and they compete. And uh, so this is, to me, why Louisiana is one of my favorite places on the planet. If New Orleans were 300 miles north, I would probably live there and never move. I just can't. It's just too brutally hot. It is. New Orleans is so stinking hot and so stinking humid that in the uh, morning, the air is so thick you can cut it and serve it on a plate covered in gravy. That's how thick it is. In, and so I can't take the weather. But great people, wonderful people. I uh, had met some people who cook, and we were talking, and, la, 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 and this woman says, you should call my brother Alex Patu. He's, you know, cooking in this Cajun culinary classic thing. He's out in New Iberia where the family restaurant is. Uh, and uh, I said, man, I would just, I would give an arm and a leg just to follow him around for a week. I, I said, I would, I would give him my labor. I would just, you know, just work for free if I could just watch. And she said, well, shit, give him a call. Yeah. So I called him. Let's get, I've never met this guy. I only know his sister. And I call him and explain who I am. He'd never heard me. He says, come on down. Yeah. So I went down. And uh, showed up in Lafayette. I first thing I said is, "Can you, you know, wh- what's the nearest hotel to the restaurant?" No, you don't stay at a hotel. You stay in my house. So this guy, he doesn't know me. I just pulled up in my whatever you know, beater car. 
He let me live in his house for the week, cook. I, I, I was in the restaurant every day, prepping, picking crab, uh, making roux, just following him around. And then I got to cook in the competition, and he ended up winning best in show. So I got to actually work on the dish that was best in show. And who was the lead judge? Paul Prudhomme. And this was back when Paul Prudhomme was still Paul Prudhomme. And it was just, it was one of the best experiences of my life. And that is, if you've ever spent any time in Louisiana, particularly the good part, the southern part, that's Louisiana. That's the, the most open, welcoming, how can I help, laid back, let's have fun, wonderful people in the world. And the, and this the fact that this murder occurred there is just an indication that it could have occurred anywhere. This time it was Lafayette. It could have been Lithonia. It could have been Lawrenceville. It could have been... Alpharetta could, I mean, this was just a movie theater in America, as Bobby, as Governor Jindal said. This is every town America and, you know, and one of the most welcoming parts of any town America in the world. And so the question isn't why did it happen? It's either lunatic nut job or some guy who had an issue with somebody that we don't know about who was in the theater or whatever. Uh, Either way. It didn't happen because it had to. It didn't happen because something just happened to go wrong. It certainly is not a tragedy like a plane crash or something. No, 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 no. This was an act of evil. A guy chose to commit evil. And is there anything that people can do about it? The uh, uh, President Obama and uh, Hillary Clinton say they want more gun laws. Well, I'm, I, and I'm not a knee-jerk opponent. I'm not a person who says, no, 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 I'm, I'll listen to you. Sure, I'm. I will consider whatever gun law you propose. You just explain to me how it's going to stop this from happening again. There is only one gun law that I know of that would have stopped this, and that would be the confiscation of all guns. And even then, as several of you have noted on Twitter, I am M. Graham on Twitter, uh, even then it wouldn't stop because the bad guys would still get guns. The bad guys are never going to turn their guns over. You, if, even if you somehow could find all the guns, they would go out and get more guns because they're the bad guys. So is there anything that can be done that's related to a solution? There is so much craziness in the anti-gun community that it really makes it hard, I think, for a lot of people of goodwill who support the Second Amendment to have a dialogue because you know you can't trust so many of the people opposite you. You know that they really want to confiscate all your guns. They're just never going to admit it. You know that they have an irrational fear of guns. If I told you what they did in Maine, in fact, not what they did, they still do in Maine when they have murders that involve guns, you are not going to believe the story I'm about to tell you coming up here. Also, more of your phone calls at 844-404-1067. And you're not going to believe what Mrs. Bill Clinton said about why you should vote for her. But first, let's check in with Matt Doerr and the Havoc Express with Traffic Center. Matt Yes. Uh, revolver or semi-automatic? Uh, I personally am semi-automatic, but my wife runs a wheel gun. So Revolver, man, because uh, you can rely the on them. reliable. They, exa- the they, they do what reliable. they're supposed to do. Nothing to worry about jamming. And That's very jam- true. That's very uh, true. But if you okay. take good maintenance and, and take care of your firearm, they usually won't jam. And I sure like having 17 uh, very available. I mean, rarely are you going to need more than one or two, particularly if they're big and loud. Very That's true. what I like. I like Very big, true. loud, short barrel, because I'm probably not going to hit anything. I just want to scare the snot out of whoever it is that I feel the need I have to That's use right. this around. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1019. Oh. 
Graham. Michael Graham, don't forget we will jump in the lunch line later today uh, for your chance to win free lunch. And the confession hotline is open at 404-436-2007. If you want to confess your thoughts, your hopes, your fears, your dreams, ideas you've got to solve gun crime problems. I told you I'm going to tell you a story you're not going to believe about how loony anti-gun kooks treat guns. Also, here's the headline from Stars and Stripes newspaper. Army to recruiters treat armed citizens as security threat. The Army has warned recruiters at recruiting stations like the one in Gwinnett County to treat the gun-toting civilians who gather there as a security threat. More on that story. But I really want to get Ross on because Ross has an idea to actually make America safer while defending Second Amendment rights. Ross, thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Hi, Michael. You know, all of the government buildings, they have metal detectors. Right. But these things are too intrusive. They pick up the change in your pocket, your sunglasses, whatever. They take too much time. Why can't they design one that only detects guns and, Mm. you know, works off the gunpowder or something? And all the business owners can put this at the interest of their establishment. And if somebody sets it off, they say, hey, you know, you can't come in here. I mean, that won't prevent somebody wacko from shooting somebody on the streets, but right. at least you're not trapped in a building. And see, what I like about your idea, and obviously I can think of a thousand objections that someone would have and, and questions, but you're thinking creatively. You're going, okay, what can we do simply to not to say gun-free zone the sense of we wish you wouldn't bring your gun, but rather we would stop you. you know, if we want to be the movie theater that says, look, we don't want to cheese off the Second Amendment types, but we don't want anyone bringing their guns here, and not only that, we're going to make sure you don't with some technology – that's an idea. That's a way that you still own, you still got the gun. You can make the choice. Do I want to go to that movie theater or not, that restaurant or not? You're, you know, the Constitution is in no way infringed. That's the kind of thinking. I think if we will get in front on that, we can do some good. And I'm asked a lot. I, I do a radio show in Ireland once a week, and I'm doing it. To, I do it every, every Friday. They think we're crazy. They're going to beat the crap out of me over this. Another mass gun shooting because America's crazy about guns. How dare you let people own guns, blah, blah, blah. Um... And they ask me all the time, how is it that most Americans still support the Second Amendment even after a terrible crime like this, after Newtown or whatever? I say, well, one reason is because the people who are our opponents are so nuts. When I first went up to do talk radio in Massachusetts, I'm reading this news story and I'm not believing what I'm reading. A guy had been murdered in Maine. And the, the conviction had happened. All the court system was over. The murderer was in prison. And the the weapon, the murder weapon, a gun, was being taken to a state highway facility where they have a lathe and stuff to be executed. And the families of the victims had a ceremony. I'm not making this up. This is a policy in Maine they make available. Once the criminal case is over and the gun is no longer needed, the families of the victims can have the gun executed. They actually cut the gun into pieces. You know, that's the kind of thinking they had, like, in the Middle Ages, you know. Oh, the evil stone was used for the Satan stone. Throw the, This is modern liberalism. You know, the reason I had sex with that goat is because the goat was sexy. Execute the goat. Don't execute me. The evil totem that makes me. This is like magical thinking of Native Americans, you know, a thousand years ago. And that's where the anti-gun people are. And it's not just that kind of crazy craziness. It's also a bias against gun owners, responsible gun owners, that is evident in this story. And I'd like to get your reaction to it at 844-404-1067. We played you the audio from David Vasquez and Michael Meehan, who showed up in Gwinnett County at the local military recruiting spot 
in a local mall. I have my AR pistol in 300 blackout, and then I, on my sidearm, I have an XD45 tactical. This is my home recruiting station right here. Uh, back in 1998, I actually enlisted into the Navy in the, uh, for the Navy right here, and I had to come protect my home. Uh, this is this is my my military home. He now has been declared a security threat by the Pentagon. The Army leadership. This is in Washington has warned its recruiters to treat gun-toting civilians gathered at centers across the country in the wake of the Chattanooga shooting as a security threat, reports Stars and Stripes newspaper. Soldiers should avoid anyone standing outside the recruiting centers attempting to offer protection and report them immediately to local law enforcement and the command, uh, and re- as well as report it to the uh, Pentagon command. These, stu- these people should be viewed as a threat. This is from the Pentagon. This is the big you know, bigwigs in Washington. Uh, it's response to the fact that citizens like David Vazquez have been showing up as citizens to do for the members of the military what the members of the military are not allowed to do for themselves. We have the Marines behind me. We have the Navy, the Air Force, and at the end of the plaza, we have the Army. And my ultimate goal is where they lift that ban on our service members being able to carry firearms on bases or even while being on the recruiting stations. Recruiters are ordered not to interact or acknowledge the armed civilians. If questioned by these alleged concerned citizens, be polite, professional, and terminate the conversation immediately and report the incident to local law enforcement, the command advised. This is, once again, according to Stars and Stripes newspaper. Uh, ensure your recruiters clearly articulate to local police that the civilian may be armed and in possession of a weapon. You should also immediately fill out an Army security report. So, 844-404-1067. Do you agree with the Pentagon that the citizens who are showing up because the we don't let, look, we didn't let Skip Wells arm himself. We let him arm himself when he's abroad. Let him arm himself in Afghanistan. We'll let these guys drive tanks and fire 50 caliber machine guns But when you're at the local mall, you can't have a simple sidearm, which you could have as a civilian in the state of Georgia. Do you agree with the Pentagon that these people should be viewed as a potential threat and that they should be reported to local authorities immediately? 844-404-1067. A gun is a tool. That's all. It's like a shovel or a screwdriver or if you're fighting off Sharknadoes, a chainsaw. It's a tool. You give a bad person a tool, he's going to use it for bad things. You give a good person a tool, he's going to use it for good things. That's the natural truth. That's the unavoidable natural truth. Once you've been approved to interact with the public and recruit young people into the military... I like to think that we're able to trust you. If we can't, I'll put it this way. If you think that our military recruiters are, you know, borderline Randy public school teachers waiting to get the kids behind the school and, you know, and party. If you think that they're the, you know, problem priests of the American military, then we already got a bigger problem. And the guns don't matter. But if you're like me and you think that they're good people and that they can make the world around them more safe, why in the world would you not let them carry the same sidearms? that I'm allowed to carry. I'll put it this way. If you're going to let Michael Graham have it on the streets of Atlanta, you absolutely should let a responsible 
trained, rational person have it uh, at the facility. 844-404-1067. Your reaction to the U.S. Army declaring volunteer citizens guarding our recruiting offices as a security threat. You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. It's 1035. I am Michael Graham. The phone number is 844-404-1067. Coming up, Hillary Clinton says, vote for me on the merits. Well, what are your merits? Well, I'm a woman. I'm not making that up. You'll hear the amazing audio in just a few seconds. Uh, Army recruiters, excuse me, Army recruiters are being told by the Pentagon, if citizens show up armed to protect your office, they should be considered threats and reported to local police. Uh, I'm sure the citizens mean well, but we cannot assume that in every case we do not want to advocate this behavior in a letter to the Army Command Operations Center Security Division uh, and reported in Stars and Stripes magazine. If questions by these alleged concerned citizens, be polite and immediately report the incident to local law enforcement and make sure that you articulate to local police the civilian may be armed. 844-404-1067. One more fact about the shooter as, as more facts come in. Uh, the shooter in La- in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, this Russell Hauser, James Russell Hauser guy, he was known in Alabama to local authorities. He had had mental health issues. He had been evicted from his home, and he had been denied a pistol permit in 2006. He was known to the local police, according to Phoenix City, Alabama, Police Chief Ray Smith, due to, quote, a number of civil disputes and strange behavior. So this guy living in this uh, hotel with wigs and other disguises, 59-year-old drifter, mental issues, not a surprise there, 844-404-1067. So how about it? Should the Pentagon be treating people like David Vasquez and Michael Meehan? Uh, like a threat because they show up with their lawful firearms to try to provide some security outside of recruiting stations. Let's ask Bill. Bill, you're on the air. Hey, Michael. How you doing, bud? Doing great. Right ahead. Hey, I just think that if these guys want to take it upon him upon themselves to to protect these guys when the Pentagon won't let uh, let the recruiters, then so be it. They're law-abiding, legal, mm-hmm. uh, arm-carrying. And it sounds to me like most of these guys are prior service mm-hmm. that That's are right. standing in front of these recruiting stations. Also, um, I enlisted in the Army in 1988, and I just retired last year. But I know that every person that, that enlisted in the military uh, took an oath of enlistment. And part of that oath of enlistment was to defend your country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, I ask you, how are we defending against domestic enemies yep. when the Pentagon won't let them guys have arms here stateside. You are asking a great point, Bill. Absolutely. At 844-404-1067, I would add to that, how are we defending ourselves from domestic enemies when whack job Islamists can travel to places like Dagestan and Jordan? They can say publicly, you know, their, their jihadist philosophy, they can be so dangerous that the FBI and others can investigate them and then we just stop tracking them, let them do what they want to do, and afterwards say, oh, gosh darn it, if only we had known, but we can't target, we can't profile, it just has to happen. Let's go to Dwayne. Dwayne, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael. Hey, look, I'm one of those 
people who've been going out volunteering in front of uh, their recruitment, military recruitment centers. Which one? And may I, I may ask which one? Uh, out in Hiram. Okay. You know, where it where it all began, by the way. And um, I can tell you this much: uh, those comments I find to be both ungrateful and comical. Because let's say and work the scenario through that they follow orders and they call the local law enforcement. Right. All the local sheriff is going to do is say what he's already printed in the paper. They've broken no laws. Mm -hmm. And as long as we continue to be lawfully abiding in what we're doing, law enforcement, unless someone who owns property there asks us to leave, and no one has, by the way, that everyone there in that mall has been very supportive. That's great. Right? And unless one of them asks us to leave, which would then put us into uh, an area of, uh, of trespassing, then the sheriff says already he's not even going to be bothered. So, you know, they can call. But the sheriff's not batting an eye well, at it. Well, because... let, me ask, let me ask a question on behalf of the Pentagon. Uh, why are you really there? What is your motive for being there, Dwayne? Man, I have several motives for being there. The first motive, though, is to offer to these guys what the government is stripping from them. I find it very oxymoronic that, hey, you know, I'm not enlisted. You are. You've been trained to protect me. But you can't have what I've got on my hip. And there's something not right with that. The other thing is, is that when I heard about what happened in the news and a lot of the people out there share my sentiment, I was thoroughly pissed off. I mean, it pissed me off to high heaven right. what happened to those young men. And in a way, it's therapeutic for me and many of the other people. It's a positive way to deal with that anger. Mm -hmm. It's a positive way of, 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 of trying to work through the sorrow and the, and the anger because there's no way that the government should, should have turned their back on those guys, leaving them just defenseless the way right. they do. And, and to me, it, it, they're missing the point. Even when I hear statements like what you have read to us today right. about what they're saying in Washington, I'm like, you're missing – the point, this isn't about us. It's not about whether or not we are able to carry. The point is they can't. Exactly. And that is why I'm so I'm, I want to put you on hold for a second, Dwayne, because uh, the newsroom may want to get some information from you here. So hang on hold for a second. And Brandon's going to pick up. But that's, you know, this is the comment we played it earlier from David Vasquez, one of the other guys who's volunteered up in Gwinnett County to stand outside with his lawful firearm. We have the Marines behind me, we have the Navy, the Air Force, and at the end of the plaza, we have the Army. And my ultimate goal is where they lift that ban on our service members being able to carry firearms on bases or even while being on the recruiting stations. And he, see, he said the same thing that Dwayne just said, which is the goal is to let these guys do it for themselves. This isn't, you know, uh, gun owners to say, let, let me show you how tough I am, Mr. Military Guy, or I'm going to do a job you can't. No, it's, we're on your side. You should be able to do this. And this problem would to a certain degree, go away. Stephen asks a great point. Airpoints have air marshals to protect passengers. Why can't we apply the same principles to these areas like the gun-free uh, uh, recruitment offices? 
Uh, we're, we've got some people who uh, want who think they might know why the uh, Pentagon is trying to do this, a problem they're trying to solve. So, Chris, hang on the line. We're going to get to you in just one second. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. It's 1050. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham. Just reminded the confession hotline is open for your calls at 404-436-2007. I know it seems like one of those days where there's not a lot of fun to be had because of the terrible story out of uh, Lafayette of an act of evil violence committed by a guy with mental health issues. Uh, but there's other stuff, too. And we are going to get to this Hillary Clinton I'm on the merits thing. I think it's absolutely fascinating and hilarious. Uh, f- uh, so the confession hotline is there for you at 404-436-2007. Right now, however, we're talking about the Stars and Stripes article. The Pentagon has sent out a note to local recruiting offices. If citizens show up with their guns to provide protection outside, you should view them as a threat and call local authorities. And we're wondering how people feel like that, like uh, Michael Meehan. We played the audio earlier, who has been out doing exactly that. And uh, Mike has called in. Mike, welcome to the Michael Graham Show. How you doing, Mike? Doing great. So tell me, what was your reaction when you heard that the Pentagon sent out a letter warning about people like you? Uh, honestly, I laughed at it because <laughs> um, they can't stop a citizen from standing out on a sidewalk or in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think it's completely asinine that these men and women can be trusted overseas with multi-million dollar equipment, uh, flying jets, driving tanks full auto rifles, but when they get home, they can't be trusted enough to carry a sidearm on them to protect themselves. Um, and they're basically told, if you want to stay safe, close your blinds. Yeah, that basically. was. thank you for mentioning that because I was about to get to that. They actually said in their memo, close your chase away the citizens who are on your side and close your blinds. Absolutely. In other words, close your eyes to the outside world. Yep. You'll be okay. Well, uh, let me ask you, I'll ask you the same question I asked Dwayne. What is your motive for being there? My motive for being here is to protect my brothers and sisters. I was, I actually signed up at the U.S. Navy Recruiting Center uh, here in Duluth. So this is my uh, home of record. These are my brothers and sisters. In the military, there's a term called, I got your six, meaning I got your back. I, I'm watching your back. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm going to take care of you. Um, so, you know, that's my motivation. One part. The second motivation is to bring awareness to what these men and women are dealing with. Um, you know, we we want to appear, appear approachable. We want people to come and ask us questions. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of it is a shock factor. You know, Americans aren't used to seeing armed citizens standing on sidewalks or in parking lots or in front of buildings protecting them. Um, so we're hoping that this shock factor wakes people up to that there is danger in the world and it's not just happening overseas. It's happening right here. Um, right. Well, Michael, I want to, Mike, I want to put, I want to put a motive on it that I, that I hope you're projecting. We're talking to Mike, Mike, me, and he's one of the guys who've all, who just showed up to guard our, uh, our recruiters who cannot uh, defend themselves. And that is, you're also letting any lunatic Islamist out there who maybe saw the nut burger in Chattanooga and says, Hey, I want to go get my 57 virgins, virgins too, that they are going to run into a problem on their way. Um, now, are you talking about them joining us? No, no, no. Them, if they, I'm hoping that you're hoping that someone who maybe is on the fence, maybe some guy's been 
you know, watching the ISIS stuff, he's maybe tempted to go down the same road that you are going to dissuade him because he's going to know that there'll be some Americans who can do for these Marines what these Marines can't do for themselves. Oh, absolutely. They're, they, you know, those guys are cowards. You know, they, they, they pick out the easy targets. And by us standing guard, we're telling them it, it, it's not going to happen on our watch. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of people to ask us, you know, or a lot of comments that I've read. Well, what if one of these jihadists sure. decides to say, hey, you know, I want to go join this group and then start shooting us? Well, you know what? If that's the case, at least that gives a chance for the service members mm-hmm. to who have already put their lives on the line once, twice, three, four, five times. It gives them an opportunity to react. You know, we need to be we need to be reactive instead of proactive. Mm-hmm. In the uh, uh, and we're talking to Mike, me and one of these people who volunteered. Uh, what is the reaction you've gotten actually on the ground in Gwinnett County? I know that with the official thing, we've you know the, the the way you're supposed to be greeted, but what are local citizens, shop owners, et cetera, maybe even some of the folks who work in that office? What are they saying to you? You know, honestly, the the, the reception has been absolutely wonderful. Um, we, we you know we make a point to stay. Um, in the background, so to speak, so we can still see what's going on. But sure. we're not, you know, we're not fully visible to everybody. We, you know, we kind of like sitting in the background. Um, you know, we have the police officers, Gwinnett County uh, sheriffs, Gwinnett County Police Department. They have been absolutely wonderful. Um, they drive by, check on us, uh, check on the shops, um, check on everybody, basically. People are bringing us food. People are bringing us water. Uh, they're stopping and asking us, do you guys need anything? If you guys need anything, you know, we'll be back. We'll bring you food. We'll bring you water, ice, anything. So it has been absolutely wonderful. And we've actually had some people stop by and say, hey, guess what? I'll be back in a little bit. I'm going to go get my chair. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go get my sidearm, whatever. I'll be back and staying with you. Uh, one last question. Um, the Well, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask questions. question. I'm going to let someone else Ask a question. I appreciate your your calling in, Mike. I'll put you on hold just in case I need to get some information from you out of the newsroom. Uh, Chris, you uh, you uh, heard Mike explain why he's there. What do you think the Pentagon might be thinking when they see these folks gathering outside these recruiting offices? Uh, hi, Mike. Good to talk to you again. Uh, first of all, let me say I'm an NRA member, an NRA supporter, fully support the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, when I first heard what the Pentagon said, I was like, well, that's odd, you know, and that's upsetting that they would even say that. But I think if you read between the lines, they might be trying to stay ahead of this, saying, okay, we can't have everybody coming out here, number one. And number two, it gives a potential next whack job, the perfect cover to, to be standing out in front of a recruiting station, you know, just to then try to do it again. Um, and that's, you know, I'm reminded of, of visions of, you know, after Tehran in the 70s and on, on, on September 12th of people riding around in trucks with shotguns, which mm-hmm. happens, you know. But, you know, let's cal- calm down. You know, yes, absolutely, they need to be protected. They should be able to carry a sidearm. It's ridiculous, or at least have MPs if they're that concerned about it. They should be concerned and protect them. Um, but I think that it's, it's a slippery slope, is all I'm trying to say, um, is why they're probably trying to stay ahead of it. Well, I just wonder, I think about there's the idea that if you know that people are gathering and maybe you have the idea of being the next great ISIS, you know, whack job, that you could gather too. I mean, what are people going to say, even if, you know, they're not going to say, hey, you look too swarthy to have a gun. And so maybe the Pentagon is thinking that, 
Uh, on net, though, Chris, would you rather have the offices unguarded and the guys unarmed inside or Americans oh, like all. Mike outside? If you had to pick between the two. If I had to pick between the two, I would, I would choose having someone armed outside. Absolutely. Chris, thanks for the great call. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it at 844-404-1067. More of your conversation on this. Plus, Hillary Clinton finally identifies her one accomplishment. She was born without a penis. And it turns out that the more you see her, the more her numbers go down. That's the definition of a weak candidate. Everyone was just running down the stairs, freaking out. Everyone was screaming and those. It was awful. I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. And I think one of the merits is I am a woman. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. I mean, he just described Holy Communion. As a little cracker, at least he didn't say that about McCain. Good morning, eleven oh six and News Radio one oh six seven. Oh yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, and here's everything you need to know about the theater shooter John Hauser that we know as of now. We may find out more, but as of right now, here's what we know. He had mental issues, was evicted from his Alabama home in 2013 or 14. The local cops there in Phoenix City, Alabama, knew about him because of, quote, a number of civil disputes and strange behavior, close quote. Um, And he'd been living in a hotel. He had wigs and other disguises, but he clearly had mental issues. He was denied a pistol permit in 2006, according to Russell County, Alabama, Sheriff Heath Taylor. So that's what we know about the shooter. And that's what we know about this crime. It was not a tragedy. It was a crime. And uh, he killed himself. He'd hoped to escape, but the police were waiting for him. Thank you, police, for the work, great work you do. And uh, he shot himself so no one else was hurt. Those, that's the natural truth on that. I've also got the natural truth on Mrs. Bill Clinton that I cannot wait to share with you. And a reminder that the super geniuses in the government that we have here in Georgia have already sent kids back to school. In Seminole County, Georgia, the first day of school is today. Today, right now, there are kids getting their brains melted in the 90-degree-plus hot humidity in school. And one week from today in Newton County, Georgia, schools will start there. Uh, But first, though, we've been talking about the uh, message from the Pentagon to local recruiting offices, including the ones here in the Atlanta area, Gwinnett County, et cetera, that have people volunteering to defend them, saying you should look upon these people as a threat and you should call the police. Anthony wanted to speak out on that. Anthony, take it away. Hey, Mike, how you doing today, man? Doing great. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm a veteran of 60 years. I'm still serving. And when I first heard about this directive from the Pentagon, my first response was to laugh at it because they can't guarantee our safety back here stateside. And then they're going to tell, you know, patriots, true patriots, people who genuinely care about the military and everything we do for them, they're trying to return the favor to us. And the Pentagon's going to say, hey, no thanks. You're a bunch of whack jobs, man. That's BS, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are the ultimate definition of what a patriot is. They're they're taking up arms 
to protect the guys and gals who, you know, we've been across the pond several times, you know. Sure. And and yet we come back here, we got crazy, you know, jihadists leaving notes on our cars mm-hmm. saying that they're going to kill us and our families and all that. And then the Pentagon is going to say, oh, wait, well, we can't have other people stand guard while we got other people threatening to kill us. It's absurd. Well, Anthony, thank you for sharing your take on that. Thank you for your service, and I agree with you 110%. By the way, the Kimmer will definitely be talking about this on his show, noon to 3, here today on News Radio 1067. And, of course, the Confession Hotline is always open for your comments, your observations, your smart-alecky remarks at 404-436-2007. We'll play the best of the best around 1145 today. Um, Life has not been good for Mrs. Bill Clinton. This morning she finds out that the government hacks have are asking for a real live criminal investigation into her email deal because shocking you'll believe it believe it or not it seems a little suspicious that a secretary of state would use a private secret email server in her own basement destroy not only the emails but the entire server <laughs> itself refuse to hand over all of her emails and then instead of simply uh, you know, giving a flash drive or here's on my email, she had her staff print out the email she did hand over so that there would be 55,000 actual pieces of paper. Believe it or not, some people think that's a little suspicious. I know that's shocking. Including the voters who have said only one-third of Americans believe that Mrs. Bill Clinton is trustworthy She's now losing to Scott Walker, to real conservatives like Scott Walker and Marco Rubio in Colorado, Iowa, and Virginia. And her popularity is going down, even though no one's campaigning against her. I mean, Bernie Sanders, whatever. You know what I'm saying? The campaign hasn't really started. The Republicans are trying to get the nomination. They're not even attacking her yet. Charles Krauthammer points out how tough things are for Hillary. It's it's not just that uh, she hasn't had opponents. She still doesn't have real opponents. We're going to challenge her for the nomination in the end. But we've gotten to see her. And it turns out that the more you see her, the more her numbers go down. That's the definition of a weak candidate. Well, Mrs. Bill Clinton's strategy is to put together the coalition that elected President Obama, which is super high turnout from Hispanic voters, from uh, young liberal people, particularly young liberal, liberal women, and, of course, black voters which is a problem for her because uh, at The Week magazine, Ryan Cooper, a left-of-center guy, writes, Hillary Clinton needs to address the racist undertones of her 2008 campaign. And he goes back and reminds people something that I wrote about at the time, which is that the Clintons really did uh, reach out to uh, voters in a divisive way. They tried to uh, link... Uh, Obama to Louis Farrakhan and others. And so now there are black leaders who look at how Clinton Hillary ran in 2008 and she's coming up to them going, now you're with me, right? You're going to do for me. You did for Obama. She's like, "Uh." listen to what Mrs. Bill Clinton has to say about young black men. I mean, if we're honest for a lot of well-meaning, open-minded white people, the sight of a young black man in a hoodie still evokes a twinge of fear. Fear. That's right. Here's the headline. Elderly white grandmother says young black guys scare her. 
Oh, and by the way, she wants you to vote for her. This is the woman who needs 99% of the black vote. I mean, if we're honest, for a lot of well-meaning, open-minded white people, the sight of a young black man in a hoodie still evokes a twinge of fear. Brandon, why are you scaring that nice Mrs. Clinton lady? Brandon, would you cut it out? You and your little hoodie. You're scaring the little white lady. She's older. She's, you know, she can't work. Or email. She doesn't understand how things get deleted and all that stuff. She can only work one electronic device at a time. And she can't, she doesn't understand how Uber works. It scares her because all that Uber out there. And now, Brandon, you are scaring Mrs. Bill Clinton. Why are you doing that? Can you imagine if she gets into an Uber car with a black driver? With a hoodie? <laughs> with a I hoodie. gotta get out of here! That's like her worst fear. I'm seriously, this is, Hillary Clinton is a, is like a bigoted member of the cast from the Golden Girls. She is that old lady that, like, is not even coy about hiding her purse whenever a black person walks by. Right, exactly. Or she clutches it. Or blatantly locks her yeah. door, but she can't locks her door. You, you walk by her, she takes out her little flip phone, she dials 9-1, then holds her finger over the one just in case. Uh, you know how she talks about black people? She learned how to talk about black people, like, over in Newton County. Have you seen that story? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, what's that middle part of your leg that bends? I, b- I believe that's called your knee. Knee. And then knee. what is it that plants do? Oh, uh, they grow. So you have your knee and then grow. Exactly. Knee that's grow. A, When you look through her email, you'll see K-N-E-E space G-R-O-W, which is an actual true story from Newton County, Georgia. We'll get to all that more. Plus, Mrs. Clinton on the merits. I can't wait. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. I am woman, hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore, and I know too much to go back and pretend. Good morning, 721. That music can only mean one thing, and it's time for a Mrs. Bill Clinton update. So, Mrs. Bill Clinton was giving a speech yesterday, and she addressed the complaint that some people like myself have that the only reason to vote for Mrs. Bill Clinton is because she's Mrs. Bill Clinton. That is, she's a Mrs., a female, and she's was married to a wildly successful uh, and popular politician. And that's it. She has no merits of her own upon which to vote. And so, Mrs. Bill Clinton addressed that in a speech to a group of women. Clearly, I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. Ah, that's very good. You hear that? She said, Michael Graham, you are a liar. How dare you? And all my other critics, I'm not asking you to vote for me because I'm a woman. I'm asking you to vote for me on the merits. So what are the merits? Uh, Great foreign policy, outstanding trustworthiness, brilliant ideology. What are your merits, Mrs. Bill Clinton? And I think one of the merits is I am a woman. (laughs) She she did not say that, did she? Clearly, I, I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. And I think one of the merits is I am a woman. Uh, I'm not asking you to vote for me because I'm a woman and I just want you to vote based on gender. No, no, no. I want you to vote for me because I earned it. Well, how did you earn it? Well, I'm a woman. So what did you do? I mean, I looked up merit in the dictionary, something that deserves or justifies a reward or commendation. So I just want to say to all you women out there, congratulations on on achieving your amazing uh, uh, achievement of being born without a penis. Congratulations. 
How did you do that? Mrs. Clinton, how hard did you have to work to be born a woman? How much effort did you put in? Hey, by the way, on her list of accomplishments, does Hillary Clinton rank born without a penis before or after Russia reset? Where is it on the list? I would love to know. Uh, I am woman. Hear me explain why I'm automatically entitled to what I want because of my sex. Because merit. 844-404-1067. And by the way, so this is what I want to know. For those of you who are supporting Mrs. Bill Clinton, do you agree that she has earned it by being born a woman? And for those of you who aren't, what is your reaction to her claiming that you ought to vote for her because she's earned it because she has breasts? That was that that was her accomplishment. Now, if if it were Caitlyn Jenner, maybe then you could say, well, you earned it because you went out. He still has the twig and berries, right? He still hasn't gone all the way. Last week, he's just he's just topside. Is that right? I just want to confirm is where where he is. I just. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Anything else? By the way, ladies. So what have you earned for being born a woman? Since you, since that's a sign of merit, that's an accomplishment. What should your reward be for achieving feminine womanhood? If you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear from you at 844-404-1067 or call the confession hotline 404 436 2007. I'd love to hear what you're entitled to, what you've earned because you're a woman. 404-436-2007. Listen, if this sounds crazy, remember the story yesterday. There is an international movement to demand that governments provide women with feminine hygiene products because they're entitled to them because it's sexist that men don't need them and women do, and therefore... The great achievement of womanhood should be free maxi pads. I, ladies, I don't know if you're going to get them for free. Just please don't ask me to buy them. I'm terrible at buying them. I, I hate the commercials. I, I used to feel bad about the all the ED commercials. And then I started thinking about all the feminine hygiene commercials. So they narrow their wash. I don't even understand. Like most men... I have no clue about the actual physics of being a woman at all. I just, there's, there's, there's the person I see, and then there's the play area, and that's all I know. I don't know who maintains the playground. I don't know how the drainage is handled. I don't know about security or whatever. I just know there's a playground, and I want in it. That's all I know. I see these ads for breathable. Breathable? Is that necessary? When I'm down there, I don't even breathe very... Oh, okay, I can't say that on the air, can I? Um, but so... That is, once again, I want you to hear this for yourself. There's no editing. This is not trickery. Mrs. Bill Clinton says she's earned your vote through her accomplishment of menstruation. Clearly, I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. And I think one of the merits is I am a woman. (laughs) 844-404-1067. How about it, ladies? Did she earn it? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. American woman. American woman. Mama, let me be Don't come hanging round my door. I don't wanna see your face no more. It's 1134. I am Michael Graham. The lunch line will be up in just a couple of minutes. Uh no rush, but be near your phone. We're gonna give away some free lunch. 
uh, as in just a few minutes here, Joe's seafood shack. But I want to give you some news. We're just that's just being reported by the AJC about the Louisiana shooter. He's a graduate of Columbus. Uh, was it Columbus State? I want to make sure I get this correct. And he apparently, and this is based on like you know stuff that's on the interwe- internet, LinkedIn, etc. He apparently owned the Peachtree Pub in Columbus. Back in 79-80 in Rusty's Buckhead Pub, Pub in LaGrange, Georgia in 98 and 2000. Um, he was, uh, yeah, he got a Columbus State University degree in accounting. And he used to be on a TV show at an NBC affiliate in Columbus, Georgia. Invited political controversy on every one of them, the account holder wrote. And loved every minute of it. That may or may not have been the shooter. He was on from time to time because he was a very radical person with radical views, says Calvin Floyd, who hosted the TV show down there in Columbus. Uh, He was a Republican, and then I would have someone on with a strong Democrat view. Um, I had him on the show because he was a very radical person. And uh, when he was asked if he was surprised when he heard that Hauser was a shooter, this TV guy, Calvin Floyd, down uh, at, in Columbus, Georgia, said no. So, yeah, so graduate of Columbus State, had mental illness issues, had been denied a handgun in 2006. He had been evicted from his home in 2013 or 14. Drifter had some weird pseudo disguises back in his room when the police went to search it. So uh, clearly a uh, mental it, what, what, yet again, mental illness is the common theme in these uh, shootings. So I just want to give you the very, very latest on what we know about what happened in Lafayette. And also, of course, take your phone calls. But before we do that, lunch. free lunch from Joe's Seafood Shack. Doesn't have to cost dough because every day. On Michael Graham show. Hey, wait a minute. That's me. The lunch line. Kick it. You get free lunch if you call and wait. 844-404-1067. Free food is yours if you just listen. And today's lunch line has to come to us from Mrs. Bill Clinton, who wants you to know you've got a lot of great reasons to vote for her. Clearly, I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. And I think one of the merits is. One of the merits is what? 844-404-1067. We'll send you to Joe's Seafood Shack where it's Tuesday. They have $2 drinks and $2 bites on Tuesdays at Joe's Seafood Shack. And thank you to Joe's for sponsoring the lunch line this week. Also, don't forget the confession hotline is open for your calls at 404 436 2007. I really am interested in hearing from women about their reaction to uh, to Mrs. Bill Clinton's latest comments. I, I'm stunned by them and yet empowered by them as well. So uh, that's what the confession hotline is for. You can confess your real reaction to these political uh, comments and you don't have to, you know, deal with me on the air or give your name or anything. You can keep it all anonymous and full of confession uh and by the way uh, uh soccer boy does brandon know the winning uh answer to the confession hotline 
Does he know? Do yes, he does. He he does. I don't know. He doesn't pay a lot of attention back there, you know. He's too busy scaring little old white ladies like Hillary by wearing his hoodie and running around the halls. Uh, we'll, we'll give Buck a try here. Buck, you ready to go, buddy? I'm ready. We're going to play the line. We get to the end. You give us the big finish, okay? Very good. Here we go. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits, and I think one of the merits is... Buck? I am I am a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits, and I think one of the merits is I am a woman. <laughs> Buck, you delivered the line, I am a woman, very well. You've used that before, yes? <laughs> yeah, in my disguise, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Buck, stay on hold. We'll get you the information so you can enjoy lunch on us at Joe's Seafood Shack. I demand that everybody in Atlanta listen to my show. I'm entitled to you to to listen to my show. I've earned it. It's I merit it because one of my merits is I was born a man. And because I was born with dangling bits, I am entitled to your listenership. Why? I don't know why, but Hillary works for Hillary. Can you imagine someone saying to you, you have to buy a car from me? Well, why, lady? Because I'm a woman. You have to hire me to work in your, uh, you know, uh, gas station. Why? Because I'm a woman. You have to marry me. What? Why? Because I'm a woman. Wouldn't you just go? I mean, I'm just. I wouldn't. I don't even know the reaction to that. If I were I a woman, and on some Saturday nights I am, I would be so offended as a female that someone was making that case. And this isn't just hire me as a you know, a lawyer or a office worker or salesperson. This is make me president of the United States. Why? Well, because I'm a woman. That's exactly what Mrs. Bill Clinton says. And once again, if you're just tuning in, I'm not spinning this. We haven't edited it. This is her audio straight up. Clearly, I'm not asking people to vote for me simply because I'm a woman. I'm asking people to vote for me on the merits. And I think one of the merits is I am a woman. If if someone said that to you in a job interview, wouldn't you be just stunned? And and, and particularly, how about if you're a woman and you're the boss, you're the HR person? And in Waddles, Tweedledee, and well, I'm looking at your resume here. You don't really have a lot of accomplishments. I'm looking at your actual record. I mean, you've had some pretty cool jobs, but... You haven't accomplished anything in them. Why should we hire you? Because I'm a woman. I assume you would invite them to leave or say, well, thank you very much. That'll be, (laughs) don't bother leaving your resume or something. You know what I'm saying? If I am a woman, I am so offended by this. And it's particularly problematic with Hillary because you can't say, oh, Michael, she's kidding. She really has all those other merits you should vote, vote her on. Well, name one. Well, uh, look at the great job she did with Russia. Look how thing, great things are in the Middle East. Look how things are going with this Iran deal. Look at, well, at least she was honest and upright while she was in office. It's not like she took millions of dollars from shady characters around. I mean, there is the reason why Mrs. Bill Clinton says I'm a, my merit, the thing I've accomplished that makes me qualified to be president is that I sit down when I pee is because she can't name another one. And now she's under, well, she's not under investigation because the Obama administration has to agree to investigate her. But the people inside the sec- State Department are going, holy crap. By the way, it's something we found out today that no, you know, the Republicans have been complaining about this because they've been trying to get these emails for years. 
and they can never get the email. What's happened now is John Kerry is so embarrassed by how bad they look, he's ordered his people to start cooperating with the investigation, and that's how they found out that she had, in fact, been sending classified emails around and lying about it is because the people inside the office are finally set free. They'd been told before, slow walk everything. Don't cooperate with the Republicans. One of them said, you know, we didn't really take this investigation seriously. We thought we just thought it was part politics. And then we saw what was going on and went, holy crap, this isn't just politics. This is this is possibly illegal. This is ba- this is as bad as the Republicans were telling you it was bad. But it's OK because she's a woman. That's all you need to know. The Confession Hotline, waiting for your calls at 404-436-2007. Let's check traffic with the lovely and talented Matrice Dore, who's currently wearing a skirt and lovely halter in the Havilland Express Food Traffic Center. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Listen, uh, today was not a good day for the Confession Hotline, obviously, because of the shootings and stuff. We're going to roll the best calls into Monday's edition of the Confession Hotline. Meanwhile, I've got an amazing story. Normally, we would not be discussing an Idaho brush fire that uh, scorched thousands of acres, except for this involves a guy who really, really had to do his business while riding his bicycle. You're disgusting. You know who's loving? Oh. Now see, why do you have to do that? You know, you know who loves this? My my wife. My wife thinks that any fart humor is great humor. So, honey, this is for you. So here is the story of what happened out in Idaho. A man was cycling in the foothills when he stopped to defecate in a ravine, and then. <laughs> He tried to get rid of the waste by lighting toilet paper on fire. The man apparently tried to bury the burning waste to extinguish it, but an ember spread to dry grass. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> okay, somebody's got to explain this to me at 844-404-1067. You're cycling out in the countryside, you pull over to do your business, and you set it on fire? We've had this before, actually. It doesn't happen what? very often, but um, when people have to go... Um, they will often burn their toilet paper as a, you know, just as a kind of an environmental concern to um, not litter, basically. But in these fuel types, it's not a good idea. Wait, wait. So you got a little wad of tissue paper, and you're so worried about the environment that you set it on fire and then scorched and burned down thousands of trees over a. Uh, Four squares of TP. So if this is so common, one, right. why are bicyclists traveling with toilet paper? <laughs> and two, why don't they just put a porta potty? Well, yeah, I mean, you can't put a porta potty. But what is wrong? Why don't you do your business before you go on a bike ride? Yeah. But look, look, stuff happens. Sometimes you got to go, you got to go. So if you dig a hole or something, I mean, what, really? You, you drop a deuce and now you're starting freaking fires? What are you thinking? 
Well, the fire was contained by 8 p.m. The man came forward and told the BLM he might be responsible for the blaze. We do know the individual was cited. He will be fined for causing a fire, may be responsible Good. for paying the suppression he cost should of be. that fire. He reported himself to the what? The BLM or the BM? I, don't, I think there's an extra L in there somewhere. Wouldn't it be more cool if they had a DNA but, test the poop? We've got a couple of minutes here, but if you're a cyclist and you explain, you can explain the wilderness toilet paper fire system to me, 844-404-1067. Plus, given what's on the toilet paper, do you really want to set it on fire? I mean, is this what you want? You really want to, hey, we're barbecuing ribs over here. They're barbecuing something else over there. What? Ooh, what is that? I've, 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 I'm not an expert in all things, but have you ever heard of this? Rustic rural Toilet paper burning? No, I don't drop deuces in the woods. But either. even, but you must. I mean, I know people who hike. I know people who, you know, outdoorsy types. I've never heard of the. Why not just dig a hole and throw it in there? I, just I don't get it. Get in. I have go no, back to the land. No but not idea. only do they block the road when you're trying to drive, they also set forest <laughs> fires now. <laughs> it's been the name of the environment. I I absolutely am completely stunned by this. Uh, thank you, by the way, for wearing your hoodie, Brandon, so you can scare away all the little white ladies. Who I'm just are trying out to there. clear out the line at the Goodwill today. Does it bug you when Hillary says stuff like that? That when she sees you in a hoodie, that you, you're frightening? But she was raised as a poor black child, <laughs> so she knows the struggle. She knows the struggle. <laughs> she knows the struggle. Uh, does it bother you when the Newton County Commissioner says? He, he, here's the story. If you don't know it, and it's up on my Facebook page. Some idiot was out defecating on the American flag, saying this is not my flag. It's part of that whole angry, you know, whatever thing. And this woman happened to be black. And so this county commissioner in Newton County posts up that she's just a hooker, K-N-E-E. Kenny. G-R-O-W. Kenny Grow. And who's lays at lays that down for white men. That was his description of this black woman. He didn't say what an idiot for burning the flag. And she didn't just burn. She wiped her bottom. She she did everything that the cyclist did except for nothing got set on fire. And so I understand why he's outraged. I think it's outrageous, too. And why would you defecate the American flag? And why would you wipe it? That's disgusting. But who is this idiot? And I don't, you know, I've seen, I mean, there are racists in the world. And I've seen some of the end arounds on racism. Brandon. He the, made it personal, though. Yeah, it knows about her. Like, he knew her personally. Exactly. Like, she, like, She's a prostitute. And she whatever. laid down for but white had, men. But like. had you ever seen the K-N-E-E space G-R-O-W racist end around for a person of color before? Probably at an NASCAR race. But I've not, never. Not from somebody who's a county this commissioner. This is all new to me. Absolutely. I, I, I thought I knew all the racial slurs, but this was a new one. And <laughs> when he was first confronted by Channel 11, he defended and said he would do it again. He later came to his senses and said, no, I don't Somebody so. came to his senses for him. Okay. <laughs> so what would be... Uh, what if he was doing it on an iPhone and it was just exactly. autocorrect by mistake? Or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he meant to, to like actually call her the proper spelling. <laughs> hey, what did you do? Uh, you turned you... my Negro into a knee. Grow. At least How'd that you know, happen? Like, it wasn't like he, Negro's not a is, common term that's saying in his phone. Is there a way to misspell cracker that we could do with this? I don't know. Not in my phone. It's yeah. a very common <laughs> use term. I'm trying to think. We had somebody whose uh, son sent him a text message asking what he wanted from Burger King. Right. He meant to say nuggets. The phone autocorrected the N-I-G-G-E-T-S. Really? Niggets. <laughs>
I don't. I'm not familiar with those. Uh, do you? Are they boneless? I think you can put barbecue sauce. I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, whether you are a cracker like me or a leg joint plant activity like Brandon, we are thrilled that you are listening to the show. Is it National Tell an Old Joke Day today? Is that what they said? National Tell. So you know the Kimmer Show is going to be on fire. I am Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.